That's nice with pumpkin spice. Got your attention now. <laughs> Holy. You know what sounds good tonight? The river. What part of the river, you might ask? The deep part. I got an album here called The Deep River. <laughs> we'll get back to that later. I love that steel drum worship. Makes me feel like I'm in the Caribbean when it's negative 25 degrees out there, it feels like today. Do you see how Lot's wife died in Minnesota? Looked like icicles wasn't a pillar of salt that was just in Arabia Lot's wife in Minnesota she freezes to death and turns into actual icicles <laughs> I'm sure that's true of Canada as well it's good well how's everybody doing tonight I know you expect it already then, but I'm not going to say that. I sincerely want to know how you're doing in the glory. Your enemies are really struggling right now. That's what we like to hear. Your enemies are having a hard day. But you're having a day of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Shaka. Holy Father. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's good to put on a little praise and worship and get all undone. Some of that stuff only comes out of you with dancing and jubilee. If you're in a funk, you need to dance real funky in the glory. Just shake it off. Anything that tries to bind you up. Man, these shadows, they're so desperate. You'd be in the most victorious day in your entire life. The archangels visited you today, all seven of them, with like 40 million legions from the Father, and one shadow come in and try to spoil your whole day but the all the victory behind that shadow is there today and that's kind of how it feels today honestly in the spirit there's just these few little flies trying to ruin a gigantic bottle of mount zion perfume and they can't ruin it they can cause temporary pain bitterness some kind of fantasy attack it's really an attack of fantasy Warfare really is an attack of a fantasy dimension, an illusion. It's not real. Now, Satan's real, his angels are real, but they lost the reality of third heaven substance. They lost their glory, they lost their righteousness, they lost their holiness. 
So, like Moses said, phantoms have been my rivals. Things that are not even real. Lies. Father of lies. And so you could be doing awesome in the glory. You'd be paving a way for others to follow you into heaven. And I know you will. You just keep being faithful to the light because the shadows only attack light. So when you're being attacked by shadows and attacked by the magic arts and like it says, they'll be struck by the sun. Well, they'll no longer be struck by the sun. They won't be struck by stars and ranged attacks and stolen light and angels of light. They won't be struck by sorceries or witchcrafts or spells or magic arts or they won't be struck by curses anymore. So if the enemy is still cursing, that's because you're making progress. If he's leaving you alone, that's when you need to be worried. So we're going to come to a place where there is such a fortified realm of breakthrough and it is so bright in you that the only reason why nothing bad's going on is because your brightness has decimated all darkness in a hundred million light year radius. The brightness of your manifest sonship, the brightness of his coming, the parousia, is coming through human vessels before he meets those vessels in the sky. And it's true, you will meet him at higher elevations, but you're going to be learning how to manifest light as your light gets fathered. The name of God in the New Testament is what? Father of lights, Father of glory. Ephesians 1 calls God the Father of glory. And we're getting our glory, our splendor, our radiance, our light fathered from glory to glory. And it's the fathering of the brightness of our spirit and all of Jesus Christ imparted righteousness and wisdom and truth and the sun and the moon and the stars in our spirit that causes the enemy to have a fit and attack us through our flesh. People get attacked through their brains and through their minds, through their hearts, through their blood, through their feelings, through their five physical senses. And you have one sense that is all the touch gate from head to toes, from the soles of your feet to the crown of your heads, you have a gate called touch. Which means the enemy, when he fires darts anywhere from head to toes, it might touch and you might feel. The issue is how much light of Jesus is there as armor to deflect what 200 million fallen angels are throwing at you. And you can deflect all of it, or you can absorb all of it and just lose the battle in one day. And we made it in the glory about two weeks. And the warfare just totally burnt me up and ate me up. And I just can't do it. And the mind gets confused afterwards. And the Bible says that they hang their harps on willow trees and they go into exile into Babylon. That's a very sad place when warfare of the enemy 
in any point from head to toes. Now, the touch gate is one of the main ones he gets people in. Another one is their eye gate, their ear gate, their nose gate, your mouth gate, leprosy will get you through the sinning of the mouth, the sinning of the tongue will get you through the nose, the nose is discernment. He'll get you through unrighteous judgment in the eyes, specks and planks in the eyes. He'll get you through Leviathan and word twisting in the ears. These temptations through the five physical senses are the only possible areas where the enemy can seize you. He can't touch anywhere else. He's an elemental spirit now, which means he li he's limited to coming through the natural realm to have any influence on the nations. Okay? So if your natural realm is fortified inside your angel, inside your spirit, inside your glory that's fathered by the Father of glory, and you get your spirit fathered in a lot of light, and you see the areas where he's touching you, the areas of weakness, the areas of vulnerability like good soldiers, that's where you put the Kevlar. That's where you put the bulletproof armor. That's where you put double protection because you know your enemy's strategies. As soldiers, you are not to be unaware of where he's attacking you. And it's one thing to play the blame game and it's always someone else, but understand we wrestle not with flesh and blood. So when Job was dealing with his family and his friends, he knew he was dealing with Satan and he still loved his family and friends even though they were voicing the devil. The devil came to God in Job and said, I want to tempt your servant. You got him totally fortified. No one can even get to him because he's a perfect man. And when Satan was granted permission to test Job in the book of Job, where did Satan come through? Only through friends and family people. Every single temptation in the book of Job came from family and friends. And they'd come up well-intentioned. You see all the strategies of the devil and the wisdom of the devil totally portrayed in the book of Job, understanding the temptations. And it's mostly false love. It's mostly false wisdom. It's all about getting bitter, getting wounded, self-justification. It's all the same sins as the fallen angels trying to get you in agreement with them in any one of them. See, agreement. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement, it is written, which means it's a covenant. When you agree with the accusers of the brethren, because there are many Satans, if you agree with them in any point, you're in a covenant because you're walking together with a Satan. So those are the places where you want to examine when light comes. And people be walking in some great light. They'll be walking in righteousness. They'll be walking in holiness. People will come around and out of their bellies flowing rivers. You're getting around the river company. You're getting around the prophets and apostles. You're getting around the fivefold. You're getting around the glory realm. You're getting around people that love the things of light and the spirit and holiness and righteousness. You're getting around the holy angels that are spirits of light. Angels are pure light. In them there's no darkness at all. They're not angels of light that deceive. They're angels of light that revelate. They're angels of light that save. Hebrews chapter 1 calls angels. Angels that save you. So we need more light 
and the light will expose the points in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, where you're weak in your spirit, where you're malnourished in your spirit, so you can be successful in fighting the good fight of faith. Like well-beloved children imitating their father, the dread champion Jesus Christ, your everlasting father. Learning how to walk in such light that when slimy, hideous, totally deceptive religious people come around, he was so much smarter than them, even though they had all the Satans and all the fallen angels were in everyone that opposed Jesus, his whole ministry. So there's tons of revelation in there, if you understand it, that he's continuously talking to the fallen angels through sinners. And he says the same thing, you're the child of the devil, you're the children of devils, you're whitewashed tombs, out of your heart is an open sepulcher. So he was telling you in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this is what it looks like when you walk in awesome light, and these will be the arguments from false light, false love, false Christianity, false Jewishness, the false everything of the enemy, towards the righteousness and the truth that you're walking in, in me. Jesus said the same thing in Matthew chapter 5. If they teach and treat the teacher this way, they'll treat you that way as well. If they were terrible, awful, slanderous, gossip, murdering, backstabbing, good-for-nothing SOBs, they'll be that way to you. <laughs> That's a paraphrase there. Well, I see the Sermon on the Mountain tonight. That you might take heavenly flight in glory light and everything's going to be alright. So let's just go into Matthew chapter 8. Just kidding. It's Matthew chapter 5. Just testing you. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed, happy to be envied, and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the poor in spirit, the humble, who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God, I like the Amplified Classic. Matthew 5, 4, Blessed and enviably happy with a happiness produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of his matchless grace. <laughs> I like it. There's, there's such a sword here and there's all these membranes before me that I get to cut through. And that's why... I speak the way I do sometimes because I'm using the sword of the Spirit from my mouth to destroy blockages out here. You can feel membranes. I can feel it through the cables and the cords and the connections of the internet and the broadcasting. I can feel it on the people here individually and I can feel it going through myself. So you got like 50 different worlds here at one time. It feels like 50 worlds at the same time. And so when the word goes forth, I, since I'm sensitive to feeling all of that at the same time in Christ formed in my spirit, my word choice of how to even pronunciate this stuff, because I, I want you guys to understand the depths 
of the river. I want you to understand the depths of preaching and teaching because you're going to preach and teach too in the days ahead. And you're going to teach from a deep, deep, deep place of Jesus Christ. And you'll be sensitive to all the souls and everything in their souls, all the rooms of their souls, their mindsets, their strongholds, the influence of the world, the influence of the Satans, their weak points, their strengths. And you will feel it. You can feel it in all the worlds out here. I can feel it. And so... When I'm facing this stuff, oftentimes you you have principalities in here for 10 years straight. And so I'll be fighting hand-to-hand combat for a decade from this platform to principalities in the audience. For a decade, for literally over 10 years. And it's not one principality, it's many, 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 many of them. And it was violent, vicious, the righteous suffer violence and they violently lay hold of it they violently advance it they're just totally violent viciously attacking everything of the enemy inside everything and thrashing it to pieces and shredding it like a wood chipper like a you know you have you have your lumber in the backyard like fargo you just put that in that wood chipper and shred their bodies in a wood chipper the bodies of sin from their spirit comes forth a body of light a body of christ so you got to understand the wood chipper and how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood Woo! i got that one out <laughs> there is a god in israel who answers prayers it's like lord please allow me to say the woodchuck rhyme with the woodchuck parable. Whew. Amen. So, we're going to put you in the woodchucker. You know, that's a good thing. We see everything that could be chucked needs to get chucked. In our spirit, in our soul, in our mind, in our body. Not once, constantly. So the only thing there is Jesus. Jesus cannot be killed a second time. Jesus is not damaged by a woodchucker and a wood chipper. If they're different, neither of them can touch them. The thing that chops the wood and shreds it to pieces, how you make sawdust, you have big logs and you throw it in this thing. Somebody share a video of a woodchucker and a wood chipper <laughs> and a sawdust maker. Because That is what God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ want to do with our DNA. Now, that is the violent, vicious, righteous love towards you. It's not a coddling of DNA. It's not a coddling of the animal. You're not just this lamb that he holds in his arms. He's transforming you through metamorphosis. False Christianity has destroyed America. Almost all the problems we have in this nation is because of false love, false Christianity. If we had real Christianity, I tell you the truth, we wouldn't have any of these problems right now. We would not. Zero. It is false Christianity that coddles the DNA that has just deceived the whole world. It's sorcery that turns you into pacifists. 
It's sorcery that takes out the judgment and the viciousness and the violence of righteousness against sin and the Satans. God wants to viciously attack at a cellular level the entire curse of the fall head to toes in your touch gates so that you cannot die, so that you cannot age. Is it painful? It's only painful for the pride that gets shredded. It's only painful for the lust that gets shredded. There's a sorrow to the dying of the fallen angel's pride in human flesh. There's a sadness, a loneliness to the dying of fallen angel Molech lust in human flesh. Both of them have to be constantly shredded from head to toes for you to begin walking in righteousness. One thing the Holy Spirit's been telling me about this verse in Job that's been posted in the Red Letter Ministries Facebook group, Job was a perfect man. Can you believe the Bible says that? Do you believe the Bible's true? It's true. Job was a perfect man. And the Holy Ghost says that's the prerequisite for practicing righteousness. You have to be perfect. I can't. Yes, you can. Sanctification is the Holy Ghost's work making you perfect. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit, destroying all the imperfections in your spirit, soul, mind, and strength. And it's actually fun. Sanctification doesn't have to be cruel and, and mean and forgive me for using graphic stuff, but the Bible is extremely graphic. The process is done graphically and violently. And it says that they were circumcised as adults, which is for our symbolic wisdom in the exodus of Israel out of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea. And when they got bitter towards the circumcision, notice their attitude of the teaching. They became hostile to the teachings of heaven. Moses wasn't bringing earthly teaching. It was the God of heaven on the mountain giving him word for word what to say to the people. He was a mediary. He was a high priest. It wasn't his idea. It wasn't human. It wasn't an opinion. It wasn't oppression. It wasn't legalism. It wasn't bad. It was perfect. It was perfect word for word from the God of heaven, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that now. And because there was a resistance to perfection, as if that's impossible. And Egypt deceives you to say you'll never be perfect. But the Bible says the exact opposite, that you are born again of the perfect sperm of God the Father's word. He uses the Greek word sperma, referring to the holy word of God that caused your spirit to be regenerated and born again when you believed it in your heart and confessed it with your mouth. You got a new creature. You got born again. And now the new creature needs that severe, righteous violence because that's the training of the angels in heaven. Angels in heaven are, are brutal. You read about the angels in the Old Testament. One angel killed 178,000 Assyrians in one night. Where did he get that training? God. God trained him that way. So 
Not that you're getting trained to be murderers. You're being trained to not be sissies and wussies and false love. You're trained to be tough warriors that don't back down to sin that can bring a lethal judgment to wickedness in others around you so you're not living bunked up with demons in your spouses, demon-possessed kids, demon-possessed parents. You can actually have a strictness of Jesus Christ's judgments in your spirit that no demonic activity is even near you. And if you don't have that attitude of Christ towards sin in you to totally destroy it from your midst, you'll be surrounded by sin, you'll be surrounded by demons every day after you're born again, and that's why your life sucks. That's why you live in the garbage dumps and you're not living in perfect heaven, streets of gold, everything emerald, everything ruby, everything sapphire and diamond and glorified onyx and it's heaven every day and you're just blessed in every area of your soul. The reason why there is not that experience for most Christians is because you tolerate sin in false love. You're nice to sin and you're nice to sinners and it's not about being mean or cruel to people it's about being God the Father's light to people light does not tolerate darkness half these people are yoked with shadows and they say that's my burden in life that I'm going to be just yoked to an unbeliever the Bible forbids it the Apostle Paul forbids you to be yoked. I'm not talking to anyone in Minneapolis right now. It's people online. People in Minneapolis are getting discipled here. These things are foundational. But a lot of the new people, the Gen Zers and the Millennials out there that will hear this message, it's not okay to be yoked to any darkness. Now, if there's darkness in you and you tolerate darkness in you, that'll be your standard with others. So you'll be compromised. You'll be yoked to... What does the Bible say? They yoke themselves to the Baal of Peor. They yoke themselves to other gods and they sacrifice their children to demons. Which means if you tolerate any sin, any sin, the new covenant is the ability to not have any sin in your spirit, soul, mind, and body. They couldn't even have dreamed about how awesome the new covenant is in the days of Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. What you have is the ability to actually be perfect and every single one of you already has that ability in you it's not fantasy it's reality the blood the water the spirit the word you have a sword you have a spirit you can cleanse yourself from all unrighteousness you and the holy ghost are in covenant you love jesus you love the holy ghost you love the kingdom you love holiness you love righteousness you love wisdom you hate darkness, you hate curses, you hate lust, you hate pride, you hate sin. Good, good, good. Now, purify your entire soul until you're as pure as God the Father's pure. Amen. Keep going after it. Every day, it's about a greater purity. Purity from sin and a, and a greater separation from darkness in this temple. And not just in the spirit of the temple, in the soul of the temple in the mind of the temple, in the bones, in the organs of the temple, all of it gets brighter and brighter and cleaner and cleaner. And when the watchers begin to see that you are taking the new covenant seriously, 
they will send angelic help to you and me they will help you to the measure that you desire to be clean and what is the standard of cleanness believing in jesus is not good enough the father's exact outreign brilliance the same measure and brightness of god the father is the standard of every son and daughter of God the Father and brother and sister of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that, be perfect as your Father in heaven's perfect. Be holy as your Father in heaven's holy. He's not ashamed of these ones who are completely purified by the power of the Holy Ghost, yielding to sanctification, embracing the strong, violent word of righteousness and the judgments of God's word from the mountain that shaked the mountain that had fire pouring on it, the mountain that was smoking, and the mountain they could hear the thunder of God's voice from, all of those sanctifying aspects are in your Christian lives. Don't peel back from them. Go into them and receive their judgments. This is the key. Bob Jones said this was the key to this generation hearing his voice, the thunder and the judgment of the mountain and not peeling back in fear, but going into that voice that feels like you're dying. We need people that are brave to go into the thunder, brave to go into the shaking and the quaking of the mountain and the burning and the smoke of the mountain, and then to go higher in the judgments on the mountain. That's what Moses did. That's how he overcame death. Do you understand that? Because he embraced all the judgments of the word of God of Jesus Christ on the mountain. He got his DNA changed. The Bible said there was no wrinkle or sign of aging on his entire countenance. And he's 120 years old. And he's 110. And he's taken out Og, king of Bashan. There was two giant races on the desert side of the Jordan. The Bible says that Moses, at like 110, killed a nine foot giant actually i believe those ones were 13 foot that's right bigger than goliath moses killed giants bigger than david and goliath and that's what the bible says 13 feet if you study it out and you have a 110 year old taking out og king of bashan a 13 foot nephilim six fingers and six toes a hybrid son of the sirens and the watchers that fell from heaven and the bible declares that what kind of hundred and ten year old man is the bible true yeah let god's word be true and every man a liar it is true the bible is true moses there's no old age when you embrace judgment if you don't guess what you've judged yourself unrighteously by not receiving the judgment of the mountain the judgment of the smoke now bob jones said this all the time it'll be wise for you in in hearing the word to not be afraid of death the israelites heard the the voice on the mountain and they said we're gonna die because we've heard god but they were still alive notice the reaction to the dna and all the demonic influence in the DNA was, we're going to die, but you're still alive. It's all fantasy. So you're getting stripped of the fantasy of the fear of death at a DNA level, at a five physical sense level. This is how you get your five physical senses circumcised by the word of God. 
You could call it woodchucked or woodchipped or shredded or annihilated. All these terms are correct and accurate. But to be totally shredded through your eyes, your mouth, your nose, your ears, and your touch senses of all the world, the universe, and death, and curses, and every word that's not God's word. You know, Adam and Eve were simply the word of God without any mixture. That's what perfection is. That's all they walked in. It's not complicated. And then they doubted the word and they left the word. And then they had all these other words down here under the curse, listening to snakes in the garden. They had to build themselves back up in our family race, the race of Adam and Eve that you and I are a part of for 6,000 years of increasing our trust in the Bible, in the word of God. That's how we build our spirit back up to the same strength that we had in the Garden of Eden. By faith in the Word, and you are at a level on the mountain where it shakes, it thunders, celestial bodies are shaken. There is stuff around you getting just absolutely thrashed, but none of it shall touch you. Psalms 91 is the rhema word of God. 10,000 will fall by you. But it will not touch you because of under the shadow of the Almighty, which is under his wings. God doesn't have shadows, the Bible says. So what is the shadow of the Almighty? Lightning. The shadow of the Almighty. Glory. God doesn't have a shadow. When his light comes down, that's the shadow of the Almighty that has no darkness in it. You could call the shadow of the Almighty the river of glory. Dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty is dwelling in the shadowless one and what comes out of the shadow of the Almighty pure light with no darkness at all it's true there's no darkness in God God is light in him there's no darkness at all it is written so if you're under his wings under his beams under his river under his fountain under his glory under his judgments everything of true shadow of everything of the enemy is being stripped out of you until you're a shadowless creature without shadow without type without symbolism without religion without even prophecy anymore all prophecy shall cease when you're pure light there's nothing left to be fulfilled truth in you the exact likeness of the father in these realms first corinthians chapter 13 all tongues shall cease when you've reached this measure of the exact outrain brilliance of the light being, it's called the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, when there's no difference in your bones and how much light your bones are releasing than the bones of Jesus in the flesh at the right hand of God, that your flesh is perfectly manifesting the same measure of brightness as God the Father. Well, that takes a lot of judgment. And it's the judgment of the word. That's what Jeremiah 20 says. Your word is like fire in my bones. It's a judgment. In fact, if you read Psalms 119, it's all statute, commandment, judgment. What is he talking about? The word of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus is judgment. Every time you embrace the real Jesus and not the fake made up ones of man and demons in the earth realm, but the real one who's the king of glory, and the Lord of Spirits, when you embrace the real word, there's always a judgment towards darkness. 
when you're eating the word and you can eat the word right into your face and it just burns shadows right out of your face i can feel such an open heavens today that it would just bypass people even if they're all bound up in religion if you can just receive the thunder of the mountain the lightning on the mountain there's going to be judgments that are going to cleanse you at a dna level today impartations into your spirit in agreement with the father of spirits that you are truly of his kind so that you embrace his voice and are not afraid of it in the deceived part of you your brain your heart your feelings your emotions your senses fully exercised by what light a mature one hebrew says has their senses their sight their nostrils their discernment their mouth, their words, their ears, their hearing, and their feeling in their touch gate fully exercised with the Father of lights in whom there is no shadows and in whom there is no turning so that you just become a light being. That's what a son and daughter of God is. Light beings in the flesh. Not the light beings out of the flesh. Light in light. A temple of light a temple of glory we're the children of light the Bible says put on the armor of light and since you are the children of light don't walk in the darkness have nothing to do with darkness what is darkness sin that leads to death so when the Word of God comes forth and it hits your spirit it's the opportunity to be separated further and further from darkness in spirit darkness in heart darkness in mind and darkness in flesh and so a lot of time this darkness which is comes in the guise of pride or good or all kinds of deception when light comes true light the light that jesus brought of john chapter one the bible says expose their works as evil which means the more light you have the more judgment you've received from god on the mountain the more you as a human being have been exposed as evil apostle paul said at the end of his life i'm the worst of all sinners why because he embraced so much judgment there was a distinction completely between him and the god i am whom i serve and he's seeing angels and talking to the angels on the ships and doing awesome apostolic ministry saving 10 million and leading the whole gentile world to heaven even caesar's household in philippians chapter 4 send their greetings greetings from caesar's palace it is written come on now hallelujah (laughs) (laughs) so the judgments that you receive will shake you and shake everything around you and so they're stoning him they're shipwrecking him he's having the elemental forces attack him the satans are attacking him they're putting him on islands they're doing all kinds of strange stuff to him you read book of acts it's about as weird as it gets it's a very strange story shipwrecked stoned multiple times you're dealing with warlocks and sorcerers blinded by black clouds and black mists you're dealing with everything under the sun and some stuff above the sun you're dealing with a lot in the book of acts 28 chapters if you read it there's so much wisdom in there when you're walking in apostolic glory and that's why we have the book of acts 
so that you have a blueprint, a foundation for what it looks like when you just touch the tip of the iceberg of perfection. That's 2,000 years ago perfection. 2,000 years ago apostolic. We're supposed to have an ever-increasing perfection, guys. God requires of this generation all previous generations' perfections combined through your spirit because that's how the kingdom works. It's a multiplication every generation of everything that's gone before you in that seed line, in that tree of life, in that in that lineage and genealogy. It's there in the scriptures. It's passed on a multiplication. That's why Bob Jones in the Sons of Time prophecy was all the prophets of all the ages. Every single prophet that ever lived who had walked with God in that shoebox, going a little bit deeper into the river, a little deeper into the spirit, a little deeper into the east, a little deeper into the sun, a little higher than the sun, a little bit greater light. Every generation, greater divine light, greater light, greater divinity, greater godliness, greater righteousness, greater wisdom, greater understanding, wisdom of the ages, understanding of the ages. There was more every generation until now. This is the generation of the climax of the ages, and it's not a negative thing. It's the finishing line of the ages. Remember on the seventh day he rested? Well, this is the day where we rest from our labors and begin to do the labors angelically that we are assigned in the Garden of Eden in the beginning. Labors that don't have curses attached to them. Labors that don't have confusion. The animal plowing the field and it wonders why. That's a curse. Wondering why you're working is a, is a curse of the fall. When your spirit is built up, there's no more wondering why you're doing the things you're doing. No more Romans 7 confusion. You get into Romans 8, manifest sons of God in the bandwidth of the heights and the depth and the width of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, living in the full brightness of God the Father's blood and God the Father's veins and arteries called the body of Christ. And you're as illuminated and lit up as Jesus Christ, the Christmas tree of life. Amen. And there's presence every day under that tree. He visited the earth and gave gifts to men. It is written. It's just getting the whole body out of the mixture of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Come on now. In Jesus' name, you can do it. We'll do it together, the Bible says. We will do it as a team. And you have the opportunity to spend your time sanctifying yourself, building up your, your spirit, praying always the most holy faith, so that when you come together, you have a cluster anointing, you have a greater glory. When you come together, you actually have the ability to energize other people. That's called fellowship, comradeship. The armies of the living God. You have a vanguard. You have inner court, outer court, holy place. You have an understanding that you're born into a military system of God and you're growing in armory, you're growing in arsenal, you're growing in wisdom, you're growing in a helmet of salvation, you're growing in a breastplate of righteousness, you're growing in the boots of burnished bronze, you're growing in a spear, you're growing in a sword, you're growing in a bow. The Bible says God has a spear. I don't know why we give stuff to the enemy. The enemy is only a copycat and counterfeiter. You understand his whole kingdom is stolen from God 
these are angels that God made. Everything they have came from God. To think that the enemy has something original is total deception. If the enemy's kingdom that we're well aware of now because of the curse of the fall and the valley of the shadow of death and all of our negative experiences in our past, which we'll get into in a minute, because we're so aware of the negativity and the curses and and all of the darkness, and if the enemy has it, you know there's a redeemed version of it in heaven. And it's not just the ecstasies in one tiny little segment of heaven, it's the armories. You need the armories, otherwise you don't have ecstasies, you just have sorrows. Because you forgot you're a soldier and went off into some kind of tangent. It's true. Now you can have your cup while you war. Remember, David was drinking on the battlefield. Go behind battlefield lines and what? Get me something to drink out here. And they did, and he poured it out as a drink offering on the battlefield of God. And it was counted as righteousness. So there's drinking in the battlefield, but understand what the drink is for, to be super energized to advance God's will to grow in might and to grow in wisdom and to grow in stature and to grow in righteousness, to grow in angelic ability. It's for the Spirit to grow in God the Father, who's the Spirit, to be more worshipful, to have more truth, higher elevations, higher strength, higher anointings. There's anointings that will come forth that will be even greater than Jesus' anointing. John 14, 12 there's going to be more power, which requires more oil, than what Jesus had in 33 years because I'm going to the Father. I'm not even going to show you all the crazy stuff you can do in the future. I'm just going to fly away. I want you to find it for yourselves down here, getting into all the doors I open for you for salvation. And that's part of the mystery of righteousness. Truth in you. Now, it doesn't mean in this transfigured form, you're going to do greater thing. He's totally transfigured now but down on earth with all of the abilities being imparted and used by your spirit through your sanctified senses you will do greater works than jesus christ at age 33 he flew up into the cloud some of you can sit on clouds for 500 years physically transfigured with gemstone skin that's a greater work. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't demonstrate all the futuristic sonship abilities. He demonstrated his life and did his mission as the Lamb of God, and then imparted all of them into our spirit. So in a future generation, we could mature back into our angelic abilities that we lost in the fall, that you see glimpses into from all the anointed saints and prophets and judges and priests and apostles in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Ezekiel flew, I believe it was a thousand miles. If you study it out, he flew through the sky like Superman. You, how long? A thousand mile journey, I believe it was. A thousand miles. That's a long ways of flying physically with no plane like Superman through the air. And he did it under the old covenant, guys. These were types and shadows of sonship ability that God demonstrated. Look at Samson pushing over pillars to a gigantic stadium. Not possible. There's all kinds of physics breaking abilities 
of the angel of the Lord, imparting that into men and women's spirit, souls, minds, and bodies from Genesis to Revelation to whet your appetite of this generation's complete rewards. And they're all in your spirit. And when God sees fit, he'll allow you to come forth with it from the inside as manifesting sons of God. But you'll manifest him. And it'll be for him. And it'll be obedience to his commandment. He is not going to entrust us with that level of power. The power of the age to come. Well, it's, it's come. It's here. It's coming right through us. He will only entrust that to people that have passed obedience tests. Half of you still struggle with financial tests, which is, you're not even one in the spirit yet. Not even one. These tests of that level of power are like when you're in your 20s. Truth in you. So keep going and pass your tests. And if you've wasted years doing the same sins with the same worries and same worldliness, he will redeem the times. I know he can redeem the times, the canker worm, which is the brain, that the brain has eaten. Because a lot of us just don't have enough teaching or understanding. There's grace. He can pull mercy, pour mercy right on your brain. He can pour grace, like liquid oil, right on your brain. And your brain be like, dang, I think I just wasted four years worrying about money. Worrying about all kinds of dumb distractions in the realm of the natural didn't have anything to do with my spiritual growth. I think my, my whole life is actually a total waste. And there's a lot of people coming to that realization. That's a really healthy place to be. That's where your heart's convicted of judgment. That I don't think that I've been doing right with my spirit. Not condemned by it. Convicted by the spirit to actually now get your spirit well fed and God will redeem the times. That's why Bob Jones always prophesied that there'd be women and men in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they go right back to 30 years old. Because those 40, 50 years that they wasted in the canker worm, in the brain, it'll be forgiven them because their spirits were sincere. They just didn't have the right food. They weren't eating high enough meat of wisdom and righteousness. Enoch's table. They need the table of Enoch. Enoch's book is how to conquer death. All those portals, luminaries, suns, moon, stars, all that stuff that's written in there, all the severity towards sinners and judgment, that's basic necessary stuff for conquering death in your flesh. The reason why it's so crazy is because death is so crazy. And this is how you deal with it through God's righteous word, through his holy word. And it becomes necessary. Each portal becomes necessary. Understanding those times, those days, those years become necessary because it's the, the reintroduction of immortality through the spirit and transferring its splendor and its light and its energy through the soul and the flesh and the brain and the blood and the bones. It's getting divine order of the luminaries that were under Adam and Eve's spirit since they walked in Eden. It means that the second heavens were passing below them. They didn't understand anything about their creation. Totally ignorant. Just like us here. Just completely ignorant. And so you're not held accountable for stuff you don't know. God wants to reveal mysteries to you of the kingdom of heaven. What did he say to his disciples? The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables. He's not speaking to you in parables. He's speaking to you in plain speech about the mysteries of righteousness and the mysteries of of the treasury of the stars and the law of the stars and the order of the sun and the order of the moon 
and these luminaries that will give you light and energy and ability in the flesh, in your strength, in your heart, in your organs, in your eyes, in your flesh. And that whole natural aspect of you gets changed with the spiritual part of you. Spiritually, glory to glory. Naturally, glory to glory. If you don't have both, whoo, your scales are way out of order and it's a mess. And your life looks like it. So we need the natural realm to be glorified with the spiritual realm. Christians are struggling. Christians are fearful. Christians are paranoid. There's very few that are completely triumphant in every area of their life. It's actually very, very hard to find Christians that are absolutely victorious over the Satans in every area of their spirit, soul, mind, and body, and finances, and house, and business, and marketplace, and perfect like Job. Perfect. Job was a perfect man. What is perfection? Is it just never doing anything wrong? It's more than that. You'll never do anything wrong. Perfection, according to the book of Job, was having those constellations of Job going through his spirit. Job is before Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Job is before the 12 tribes of Jacob were named the 12 constellations. Scholars believe Job, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. And for Job to be perfect in righteousness, he had to practice the luminaries. And that's why Satan was so infuriated with him, because he was celestial. He was practicing righteousness. That's why all the constellations are written in the book of Job. That's what made him perfect. He wasn't down on the earth being perfect. That's not perfection. Perfection is having dominion over constellations. Truth anyhow. Perfection is having dominion over the sun, the, uh, the moon, and the stars. And there's, oh man, they're opposing this message tonight out here. Just loose. Just break through all that junk. Glory. Just loose that stuff in your atmosphere. Job was a perfect man. What did Job learn and teach on in the book of Job? The sun, the moon, and the stars, and the constellations. That's why he's perfect. That's why Satan was jealous of him. Because he was with the luminaries. And you need to be too. Otherwise, you'll never be perfect. And you'll always struggle because you don't understand how the universe works. You don't understand righteousness. What was wisdom in Jesus' day? And it's this time of year, Christmas, we talk about this every year. What was wisdom in the days of Jesus Christ, in the nativity story, the wise men following the stars? These wise men were considered wise. Why? Because they understood the stars. The Bible calls them men of righteousness. Men that were kings. Godly men. God-fearing men. Honoring and worshiping Jesus in his baby form because of righteousness. Half of Israel couldn't worship him in his form because they were unrighteous. Do you understand that? Herod, in unrighteousness, wanted to kill the baby form. Wise men, how were they wise? They were called wise men because they followed the stars. They were practicing righteousness. Therefore, they could honor the things of God in a young state. 
Those only people ever honored me along this path. It's mostly just total persecution from 99% of Christians because of how much unrighteousness is in Christianity right now. And that's the same thing as the days of Jesus and the wise men. We need wisdom. We need wise men from the East, which means coming out of the luminaries and having all the Eastern gates, six portals in the East, six portals in the West, and the sun and the moon and the stars rise in the six portals in the East, and they set in the six portals of the West through wisdom's spirit, through wise men's hearts. Therefore, they could follow the orbit because they're in the orbit, because the orbit is through their righteousness, because they're practicing the original design of dominion over sun, moon, and stars, and their hosts. Truth in you, God created the stars and their angels. Genesis 1, it is written. So, if you have dominion over stars, what does that mean? You have dominion over angels so angels will begin to obey your word isn't that what divinity or godliness is all about instead of speaking curses that demons do we speak righteousness that angels do every single person on this planet is commanding angels most of them just happen to be demons fallen angels right truth anyhow so jesus christ said your words will be your judges which if you're wording the very words that energize demons, that's why they're your judges. When you die, there's two demons there and they take you into hell for eternity because your words are your judges. And that's how people go to hell. Now, if your words are righteousness and if your words are angels, oh, hallelujah. Everything freezing in here. <laughs> If your words are angels, just say your words are angels. Your words are angels. Amen. Holy. If your words are angels, there we go. Got to get back in the river. I'm not speaking that without the river because the words and the angels are in the rivers. <laughs> that one's so refreshing. I'm going to turn that up a little. Angels obey all his words. You've read that. Psalms 103. Well, how many of y'all know that out of your voice and out of your belly flows rivers of words from God, if you're speaking godly words and righteous words and words of faith and words of God's will, praying God's will, that's what causes prayer to be answered because you're only in agreement with speaking what God's speaking. If you're having prayers not answered, you haven't learned to talk yet because your spirit is born of God now you learn how to talk the Word of God why you're learning how to command angels Jesus is called captain of angel armies and you're his brothers and sisters the Bible says how many angels are you operating with the exact amount that you're speaking the Word of God from your spirit that's why learning how to talk is the only way to be saved because your words are your judges so if you're speaking stuff around your head around your heart around your life around your finances around your business around your ministry around your house around your spouse around your mouse there's mice we have a mice problem so 
If you're speaking words that don't empower angels, you're speaking just speaking death, called idle words. It doesn't always have curses in it. It doesn't. I mean, curses like the demon waiting there for the charge. It's not like you're necromancing on a checkerboard to command demons to kill, steal, and destroy for your personal gain. It, it's an ignorance that you sin with your mouth when you're a believer in Jesus Christ. We know that almost all sins done by believers that love Jesus are done in ignorance. But remember, the spotless lamb was killed every year by the high priest for the sins that the nation of Israel committed in ignorance. Only ignorant sin could be forgiven according to the Bible. Which is, that's a lot of ignorant sins in the New, in the new Covenant. So what that means is it's going to get a lot brighter when you get a lot more wisdom and understanding of the Word of God in your spirit. And that comes with judgment. It comes with an understanding of the blood of the Lamb, our eternal sacrifice. We don't need an annual sacrifice. We have a, a sacrifice once and for all in the blood of Jesus that cleanses your conscience from acts that lead to death, which is also following, what does James say? Your mouth speaking things that leads your body into realms of death, into bondage. If you're not speaking those words of death, what does the Bible say in James? That the tongue steers the whole ship. It's the rudder of your bodies. But if your tongue, so that's why you need your tongue circumcised. Stop speaking lower things. Just stop it. You need to go on a tongue fast and only speak the high things from the scriptures. Put more scripture in your spirit. Don't even speak from the seven mountains of this world. Don't even speak from the lower things. Some of you are so young in the Lord, you haven't learned how to talk from the things above only all the time. Because when you do, then you can have fun and wisdom and dark speech on the things down below, but you're not mature enough to speak fluently wisdom's dark speech. That's what I've done a lot in this ministry, and it's important that I've done that because it brings awesome judgment. But you don't know how to speak dark speech. A lot of you haven't been trained in the seven pillars of wisdom to slay your beast, to communicate out of the above realm, because God sees the intentions of your heart and your spirits speaking things. And they could be just perfect oracles of God, and they come out here and it's like hockey. Come out here as football. But you're speaking in riddles. You're speaking in parables. You're speaking wisdom, which is the language of God. God speaks wisdom, and then God speaks thunder. And I'm beginning to learn thunder, but I'm pretty fluent in wisdom because wisdom is the language of Elijah and the river under the sun. Wisdom is how you slay every beast under the sun. Thunder is how you slay every bird above the sun. And you haven't even begun dealing with that because we need to learn wisdom and then we'll learn righteousness. Truth anyhow. Wisdom and righteousness, two completely different things in the book of Enoch. The pools of wisdom are around the fountain of righteousness. Wisdom is for under the sun, overcoming all the beasts of the field and all the enemies of Jesus Christ and you in your spirit under the sun. Without wisdom, you can't conquer Jezebel. The perfecting of wisdom under the sun is Elijah's complete defeat of your final principality and beast enemy under the sun. Where is she pushed out? Out of the windows of your eyes of your souls. 
It's the total judgment of the beast of the eyes that there's no more planks and specks in your eyes and all the foolishness and madness of men and women's brains and their senses are conquered by wisdom. And then you begin to gain understanding. You'll gain wisdom and understanding the whole way, but not at a level that's considered Father God level sonship. It's still elementary stuff. Until you're over the sun, then you, the young lads who have overcome the evil one, which is all the beasts of the field, now you come into knowing him who is from the beginning, fathers and mothers. So the 144,000 are all fathers and mothers. Truth in here. Well, you can be a father and mother nowadays at 15. That's very common in the inner city of America. And we're not about high school pregnancy. We're about high school maturity in Christ. You don't have to be 50 years old to be mature in Christ. You can be 15 and walk in this stuff. Look at King David, anointed with the seven spirits of God, took out the arch nemesis of the whole nation at 12. 12 years old, people. 12. So if you're sitting there saying, maybe in 10 years, you're deceived. Deception is often laced to not performing out of the ability of your training. You just sit there and you don't do anything because you think you're too immature. Remember, the immaturity of the anointing slew the giants. The foolish things of God are wiser than the wisdom of men. What you judge as foolishness, and I'm just a stupid idiot, and you said that I'm a maggot at Joel's bar, and I'm, I can't do anything, Brandon. Listen, man! It's to slaughter pride in you. Get with it. Get that orphan spirit out of you. You're soldiers. Half of you are in boot camp still because you came out of spoiled brat American society. But you also, you're training for reigning. And all of that's profitable for righteousness and wisdom and empowerment with the weapons of God that are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. To judging and ending arguments in the heavenlies against you from the satans. And all the ranged attack that wars against you saying all of this stuff and you are just in agreement with it because of a lack of understanding, a lack of having your senses exercised by the Spirit and the new creature in Christ. The Holy Ghost is never going to agree with the accuser of the brethren. Holy Spirit hates the devil. If by the finger of God, another translation, if by the Holy Spirit we drive out demons, if by the Holy Spirit we drive out Satans, then you know that the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. Holy Spirit hates demons. Holy Spirit hates darkness. He loves you. Jesus died for you. Separate the difference. Be separated holy, set apart from all that nonsense. The enemy wants you to be separated from God's sanctification and say, I'm not worthy of the heavenly calling. I'm not worthy of sanctification. You know, all of your past is what makes you totally perfect for sanctification you are worthy to be sanctified you have to judge yourself worthy of the heavenly calling stop agreeing with demons stop misunderstanding by the satans and your five physical senses stop it you have understanding you know god is love you know you're being trained as soldiers to defeat enemies you are not enemies the enemy is being sanctified in his influence from captivity out of you you're coming out of babylon the great captivity to be the mighty dread champions of zion every one of you men women and children 
The children are champions coming out of Babylon the Great. It's true. Don't matter about age. Joshua was 82 years old when he took his sword. The Bible says he was just as strong as when he was in his 20s. Went in there and destroyed the seven nations of Canaan. Just annihilated them, mowed them down. The Bible says in his 80s he had the strength of his 20s. Come on now. Holy Spirit can do it in you. If you believe God instead of Satan the bad report, he will renew your strength like the eagle. He will pour out anointing on your head in your old age. You can wield the sword, fight the good fight of faith, defeat all the stuff that beats you up your whole life that you never had victory with. There's areas of your life, you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you've never had victory. Now is the time of your victory. Now is the time of salvation. The armies of the living God coming into righteousness will equip you with the new technology. You don't have to deal with 50-year-old technology of 50-year-old Christianity. You got the 2022 update, upgraded armor and weaponry, head to toes, in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s. My grandpa's 101. He's getting the update. You can receive it too. Everything God wants you to have. He wants you to have the most modern ability available from the pioneers of salvation. All this stuff we've charged into the heavens and faced horrible enemies to obtain that power, to obtain that level of glory and light, understanding the names of God's lights and then imparting them into your spirits. And having them transfer through your heart and your blood and your brain and your bones and strengthen your feeble bones, it is written. Strength to strength. With the anointing, with the strength of the great white eagle, with the strength of the wild ox. Amen? You will be strengthened in your bones. You'll be strengthened in your marrow. Some of you are desperate watching right now. God is strengthening you with angels. There's angels pouring stuff on you. Your angels assigned to you are strengthened as your faith is strengthened, as you understand ability, military might. You are soldiers. Everyone call to arms. It's a call. It's a call to arms of every believer in the world, regardless of age regardless of nation, regardless of bank account status or success in the realm of the natural. I'm telling you now, your spirit is being called to arms and the angels are going to arm your spirit in every nation, tribe, and tongue. We've been wanting and training you in successes. That's wonderful stuff too. That's all true. Everything I've said to you is true. But right now, there's a call to arms of your spirit to be built up with the modern warfare ability of the vanguard and the things we've pressed into into the heavenlies. You're going to be upgraded in stuff that make Pentecostalism look like a different religion. Because it should. 2,000 years later, we should have grown 2,000 times more. God expects that kind of increase. He's a shrewd businessman. If he laid an investment in the year zero, and it's 2022, he expects a 2,000, 
22 time increase on the investment. Remember all the parables of the talents? It's all everywhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. God, and he's the one that provided it. So he's not just like, oh, you do it all on your own. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We're not apart from him. We're in him. We are his body. We are his sons and daughters. So he has given us these abilities, but we're lied to oftentimes by religionists or people and well, well-intentioned pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets, very immature apostles, and you have some mediocre, medium-level maturity prophets down here, no doubt about it. You got some awesome prophets. We're going to get even more awesome. We got a thousand years more of the prophetic and a thousand years more of the apostolic. So we haven't seen anything yet. It's going to get really, really, really good. But you need the update. You need the upgrade. You need the, the modern technology of where the vanguard of the armies of the living God have gone to in the heavenlies and have it imparted into your spirits. If you reject this armor and this weaponry, it's like rejecting the promised land. You'll die in the wilderness because you won't have the ability to take on the enemies that are possessing your promises. The enemy has mastered Kabbalah in the 1800s, guys. The Scottish Rite, the 33rd degree, Kabbalah, Freemasonry, sorcery, has been mastered by man in covenant with the fallen angels at every level for 140 years. The 33rd degree was the killing of the King of the Jews by Albert Pike, an American. His statue's in Washington, D.C. Albert Pike mastered the 32nd degree to the 33rd degree. This is not conspiracy. You can Google it. Albert Pike is a hero of Freemasons because he mastered sorcery. You can't get any higher than the 33rd degree because it's all based on the rejection and the killing of Jesus. Jesus was 33. So Jesus is the tree of life. Kabbalah is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? So understand your enemy you would not be unaware of the enemy or the schemes or the abilities of the enemy because you're a soldier if you don't know your enemy or what it is what are you fighting against usually the apostles and prophets because you're totally lost right that's how they always are until they actually understand what the enemy is the enemy is sorcery and the enemy is satan's and the enemy is people trained in sorcery to sacrifice their own countrymen for personal gain. It's called selfishness. Now there's a little bit of that in all of us who are like, don't blame the finger. This is different. This is different. To be trained in wickedness at this level is the greatest abomination to God the Father. You're not trained in wickedness. You're being trained in wisdom. You're being trained in revelation. You're being trained in love and goodness and purity. You're being trained in righteousness. These men and women, like Hillary Clinton, uh, daughter of the Eastern Star, Job's daughter, they're trained from birth in wickedness. Who's another one? What's that other president that we had? It was a terrible president recently. Black guy. Obama. Obama was trained in wickedness. You got to understand, these people are groomed. That other guy, Trudeau up in Canada. Jacob Frey in Minneapolis. These people are trained 
in their lodges, in their children's secret societies, Job's daughters, they have Freemason sons as well. They have, they're trained in Kabbalah from birth. They're groomed in it from birth. Understand, Paris Hilton trained in Kabbalah from birth, groomed in it from birth. That's where they get stars from. That's why you have stars on the flag. It's all fallen stars. One third of the stars that steal from the two thirds of the stars, the inheritance of righteousness. Wandering stars, Jude calls them. Understanding sorcery. Understanding Kabbalah that always pretends to be the tree of life. The Kabbalah is so confusing, they call it morning star. They call themselves a Christian fraternity. It's a counterfeit at the highest level of anti-prophetic, anti-apostolic, anti-apostle Jesus of the top of the tree of life. And they are on the top of the tree of knowledge in an exact counterfeit, deceiving the whole world in potent sorcery. So we need the updates and the upgrades of the higher things of the celestial garments. Otherwise, just forget it. Just forget it. You're, it's like shooting BBs at secret flying technology. Like It's like shooting BBs at UFOs. You ain't going to catch one. You ain't going to kill one. You ain't even going to touch it. They won't even believe you. I mean, you're like fighting F-16 fighter pilots up in, up in the space, supersonic jets, and we're shooting BBs down on Earth when we're praying. We're like praying with BBs. God wants to upgrade you so you're you're on equal playing terms and it's once you're at the same elevation they just melt away. It's no longer equal. You'll roar. You'll have weaponry, you'll have power, you'll have luminary power, you have sun power, moon power, star power. The stars ward for Judge Deborah, Judges 520. They're going to war for you when you grow up. When you believe these things, believing faith is what grows you up. The fivefold remain until the maturity and the perfection of faith. Which means you just believing these wild, far-out things will grow you up. Because God believes all these things. Why do you struggle with it? Because you're full of Satan. Get the unbelief out of you. Believe the Word of God. Mix it with your spirit. Let the Holy Spirit sanctify the doubt and unbelief and all the natural junk and gunk and funk. Get it all out of you. And these things, they'll be useful and practical to you on a daily basis. And you won't have losses you'll have victories. Everyone in the Bible went through losses because they didn't understand the weapons of warfare. They didn't understand faith. They didn't, they had, Abraham had to lose all, all he had. Abraham had to be exposed as a devil-worshipping idolater, worshipping the moon. He was worshipping the luminaries. He was an idolater. And then when he repented and practiced righteousness, God gave him the reward of the luminaries. Truth anyhow, there is awesome repentance and exposure of wickedness of every person in the Bible to have righteousness. Do you not think you and I will not also be completely exposed as total fools before the angels? And then guess what? Once you're totally over your pride, you get built up in wisdom and no one's laughing anymore. Now the devils aren't laughing. They're screaming in horror. We had Jezebel incarnate scream for an hour physically outside the crack house when I defeated that prin principality. Don't think that's a small thing. The Bible says that the Satans will scream in horror for hours like sirens at their defeat. That's written in the Word. 
to paraphrase, but it's exactly what it says. When you begin to defeat these demons, these principalities, these powers, these thrones, these dominions, and the demon gods, they will shriek in horror physically through their host bodies down on earth like sirens of hell. You have heard the sirens. You have heard the shrieking, the screaming, because you are defeating them at a cosmic eternal level by the maturity of your eternal spirit in this generation. And it will go from glory to glory and destroying them, and they'll be pressed down like lead in water. When you release from your spirit rivers and victories and you get built up with the increase of the sun, the moon, the stars inside your rivers, and you heal the luminaries, and now the luminaries are fighting for, for you against the Satans in the heavens and the earth and under the earth, they will sink like lead in water. And you won't hear their complaint. The accuser who accused the saints night and day will be nowhere to be found when we mature in that level of luminary star warring power in our rivers washing them and using it all for God's good pleasure to give him back the heavens where righteousness dwells. And the book of Enoch says, when the heavens are cleansed from the Satans and celestial bodies are shaken, it's written in the New Testament by the apostles as well. When the luminaries are shaken, when the tree of knowledge is shaken, when the sorcerers of Babylon the great, their demon gods are shaken, and the cosmic tree of life is shaken, and torn down and burnt and thrown down, then all sin shall cease from all the earth, it is written. There will be no more darkness in the earth, and the earth will bring forth sevenfold light. See, this is what's at stake. We say it's just the invisible realm. We're so filled with unbelief, we don't even believe it's real half the time. It's like listening to a crazy man at Joel's bar. It's real. It's Enoch. It's scripture, it's righteousness, and you will see it working in your everyday life. Only believe, and you will see the light of his glory. And when seeing, now you're convinced, oh, now your dumb brain is finally on board. Yeah, the dullness of our brain needs to be finally on board with the sharpness of the word of God working in our spirit. Our minds have been killing us. Restore the years the mind the canker worm has eaten. It's all lost. It was all satanic activity. I don't care how Christian you thought it was. You're totally wrong. You need a restoration of all the leadership of your brain. Any area your brain led is a place you're totally dead and cursed. We just bring that right down into the river, wash it, and we get our dull mind sharp. We need our mind sharp as a two-edged sword because out of our mouth will come the judgments when we learn how to talk the dullness goes away the blindness goes away the lack of understanding the lack of hearing goes away and now the head is as sharp as the spirit amen be transfigured by the renewing of your mind it is written be metamorphosized by the glory of the blood of jesus on your brains let your brains Catch up to Christ in your hearts. And let there be no difference between your mind and your spirit. Then the ability of God in your spirit will shine forth through your face in the brightness of the sun in the kingdom of your Father, it is written. 
That's what we need in this place. That's what America needs. We need temples of Ezekiel 41, 47. We need temples with the brightness of God's glory instead of just church buildings. We need the new covenant temple of God's buildings. God never built a building made by human hands. He built your bodies, and when you bring your bodies together as the temples into a place like this, you're in heaven. You understand this? Once this temple is consecrated, glorified, healed, raised from the dead, totally lit up like the tree of life, when you come together with other men and women of righteousness, one puts a thousand of light, two puts ten thousand of light. What happens if we get everyone in RLM Minneapolis practicing righteousness? I tell you what happens. It ends the curse of the fall. It ends sin on planet Earth. With the number of people we have in our four houses, five houses right now, we can end the entire curse of the fall. We don't even need to grow. We need to go up. We need to get stronger in righteousness. It's already available. We could easily, with these numbers, end it in Minnesota, end it in the USA. And that's why they're a little bit nervous. This righteousness is the end of sorcery. And it's prophesied long ago and it's coming to pass now and all angel power backs us up. So it's it's easy and light. You're not for fighting out of just kind of mental faith or maybe, maybe, maybe with some fear. Oh, they're going to take me out like Hillary Clinton suicide. Like a Jeffrey Epstein suicide. You know, listen man. You start to get deep into the Holy Ghost. You realize who's in charge down here. And it ain't the devil. The Holy Ghost's on earth. The Holy Spirit's on charge here. I watch demons shriek in terror at the Holy Spirit every day. Sometimes my darkness shrieks in terror at the Holy Spirit. But it's usually others manifesting at my Holy Spirit manifestations. And I watch the victory and the power of the Holy Spirit against demons. The Holy Spirit just beats them up. He flicks them. I mean, this, this is so easy for the seven spirits of God. Problem is, is our minds are not renewed enough to the seven spirits of God's ability in our spirit. You're born again of the seven spirits of God. Truth in you. The seven spirits of God is God's Holy Spirit. You're born again of the Messiah's anointing. That's why he's not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters. You have the seven spirits of God in the new creature. Now you just renew your mind to the new creature, constantly yield the outer members to the inner members, and the soul and the mind and the body and the strength and the organs and the skin and the senses all get transfigured by the new creature. And the new creature enjoys the temple. God prepared a body for you, just like God prepared a body for Jesus. Jesus gave us the ability to use these temples as temples of Ezekiel 47, every single one of you. How do you think it's going to be easy to drown this world when we wake up to what the new covenant is and get out of all American Christianity limitations, all charismatic limitations, all of what you think is sound doctrine that's been established by the previous generation of apostles and we go into this new generation of the apostolic that's like a thousandfold increase over the last generation, which is the greatest honor of all time to go that much further than them. They're all, the happiest people in heaven are the ones that pass the baton to us that we're going a thousand times further than them. We couldn't have done it without them. They get great rewards. 
Every single man and woman of faith that helped their spirit is rewarded in this cloud of witnesses. Understand, though, you have to go much further than the previous generation. You have to go much further than Rick Joyner and Bill Johnson, guys. We love Rick Joyner. We love Bill Johnson. That will not get it done. We need cosmic Christianity. We need celestial tree of life. We need righteousness at an Enoch level. Enoch as scripture. Enoch working in your spirit. We need the luminaries, wise men that follow the stars orbiting through your spirit. We need to understand the spirit in its baby forms and others like wise men of the east which is deep from the Spirit, so deep in the Spirit, all of our discernments are accurate. All of our judgments are righteous. All of our judgments are love to build up the Spirit and demolish sin and heal DNA for everyone to rise up to God, for God to get his family back of all the nations on the earth. Come on now! That's what it's about. The Father getting his family back, not of just dirt balls down on earth that are just scrubs that live like rats. No, but ones that have stood up with the abilities of what Jesus Christ, the high priest, put in your spirit, that are walking like Jesus in the heavenlies, that are living like Jesus, that have the nature of Jesus, the kingliness of Jesus, the regalness of Jesus, the power, the authority, the dominion, the might, the angel power, the angel commanding power of Jesus. And they're walking in it. And the angels are responding and they're with the angels. These ones are brothers and sisters of a mature level that he wants to put government on. We need apostolic government. We need all of you to grow up in apostolic government. You know, it's kind of like anyone that rises right now is going to be government. Truth anyhow. Rise to the occasion. We sit there, we got all these judgments in our brains of what it has to look like. You're wrong! It's organic. He scatters seed over the whole field and just waits with Uriel and all the archangels, who's going to rise? I sowed it into the whole planet. Rise and shine. Your light has come. Don't sit there in some kind of idea and form. Let Satan defeat you. All of you rise. All of you do greater works. All of you become sons of God. All of you become the Israel of God. All of you practice righteousness. All of you know the constellations passing through your spirits. All stars, you're born of Yahweh. Yahweh in your spirit can have all stars through your spirit. You know, you're hybrids. There's no limitations in Christ Jesus. What does the Bible say? With God, all things are possible. You're born of God, which means all things are possible for your spirit if you can just get the unbelief and the limitations off. He wants you to break the limitations off your spirit. And he wants you to be accurate with where your spirit is inaccurate with where your soul and mind is too to get this satan's influence out of you to get the tree of the knowledge of good and evil burnt out of you and stay burnt out of you stay sanctified stay in holiness stay in purity walk in the narrow path and you don't even have options to go to the left or to the right anymore because you love holiness amen if you still have options of different opinions and things you can do with your life and it's it's not just enoch's door it's not just the narrow path. It's not just what Red Letter Ministries teaches. You know, I only teach what my father teaches. I only teach what Enoch teaches. I only teach what Elijah teaches. You can see how their opinions towards Enoch, Elijah, and God the Father are pretty terrible out there. They think, oh, we don't need that. We can just 
find a form of Christianity that suits my needs, that blesses me, I can have a different expression. You're not the only one, Brandon. You're not the only one, Rebecca. You're not the only ministry, Red Letter Ministries. Well, Enoch, Elijah, and God the Father are the only ministry, dude. There's nothing else offered this generation. And if you say no to it, you're, you're not going to go to heaven. Because you've chosen hell because the only thing that exists here is Elijah to, to the rising under the sun to defeat all the beasts of the field and Enoch to defeat all the Satans and to defeat all the demon gods of the cosmos and all the higher things of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you reject that, you are choosing by default to be married to sin and you will be destroyed as sinners. Guaranteed totally annihilated from the face of the earth. And I was just reading that Enoch today and the Holy Spirit reassured me, anyone who rejects the righteous judgments of cleansing from sin and cleansing from immorality and cleansing from darkness and demons will have the same exact judgment with the demons. It is clearly written in the word. They were thrown down in the lake of fire with the red dragon. So everything in your life, in your bloodlines is at stake here. Whether you live forever or die forever, an eternal punishment is at stake. God wants none to perish, all to come to everlasting life, but it takes a understanding of judgment towards darkness, going into the smoke, going into the cloud, going into the fire, going into the voice that makes you feel like you're dying. It's a hard word. Who can listen to it? They were, they were cringing at the words of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you read it. This is so difficult to listen to. Who can obey this teaching? And Jesus said to them, are you going to leave also? And they wanted to, but everything in their past had been destroyed. So, Lord, we have nowhere else to go. You alone have the words of life. That's a good place to be can't go back into anything else you're gonna follow Jesus because everything else is destroyed in your life I did that on purpose so that I would have to do the hardest most difficult thing against my own soul and flesh and pride and lust and stupid folly and worthless garbage in the face of the earth and why path of destruction would not even be an option in my life so I made sure there was no plan B it's just Jesus or die amen you need to be resolute like that too it's Jesus or just die that's a really good place to be because jesus follows through every single time and if you're real and sincere in spirit and it's not soulish and carnal and religious he will lift you up higher he likes that kind of faith he loves that all in faith where there's no chips and other baskets he's a jealous god he wants you to have all of your trust and your faith in him so that you can know him more and he follows through he's faithful he's always faithful to the promises if you are faithful to him he'll be faithful to you and he's more faithful than you are and he loves revealing himself to the faithful ones what's written on jesus's leg faithful and true amen jesus had to be faithful and true for the father to be faithful and true to him you're gonna have to be faithful and true in your walk with your legs where you go in order for god the father to be faithful and true to you your walk will have to be perfect and the holy spirit will make you perfect if you let him if you get all the imperfect stuff out of you let it get judged let it get burnt out let it be exposed you're not trying to be respectable there's no dignity left getting undignified more undignified than this so that you have more of his dignity 
no one's laughing at David anymore when he's handing a, a hit list to Solomon and they're all dead. But David understood dignity. David understood the value of eternity versus the temporal. He didn't consider the temporal or the judgments of temporal eyes. He considered the eyes of God and he, he danced in the anointing, which was an act of getting off the temporal for more of the eternal. It wasn't just dancing around like at a nightclub, like a goofball. It was an act of faith that brought judgment to the eyes of Jezebel looking at him. And she died and she was barren. He judged, his act of righteousness judged Jezebel in the eyes of his evil wife. And the Bible says she was barren, fruitless in her spirit all the rest of her life. Saul's daughter. It's written. So when you, when you value the eternal and you let the eyes of the eternal judge the temporal eyes, whose eyes are you serving right now? The eyes of God, of course. The seven eyes of the Holy Spirit. That's the only eyes we ever care about at this ministry. You have to be the same way too. Please the eyes of the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of God in this place. Become a God-pleaser. Amen? Please God. It's reasonable to ask that. That's the only way you can ever grow from zero to one to two to anything in Christ at all is be a God-pleaser and we please the eyes of God until his eyes are just circulating in you and just feel him all the time how pleased he is with you because his eyes are in you god has given you his eyes the seven spirits of god are the eyes of god you have all the eyes of god on earth the only issue is getting the christians to please the eyes of god and not the eyes of men and women and all the eyes of god are in the apostles and prophets big time so that's why they get nervous around people of great authority and power because when you serve those eyes long enough they become horns of power and authority out the head which is the crown of power if you please the seven eyes the bible says the seven spirits of god will come through the soul and rest on your head as a crown of power and authority dominion and might so that you're around real kings and real queens which your judgment will be doom if you fight those eyes like Ananias and Sapphira to King Peter. And they were killed instantly by his crown on the spot. And they rejoiced that God had given so much authority to men. You don't see them rejoicing in America, Laodicea with that. But I rejoice in that kind of stuff. You need to rejoice in that kind of stuff. We need to rejoice in great judgments. We need to rejoice that the same eyes of the Father are in our spirit, in our heart, in our mind, in our head, in our bones, in our organs, in our marrow, and becoming the exact likeness of God the Father's authority and power on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And you're as brothers and sisters. If you left the seven spirits of God and you please the eyes of God, that same authority is shared with you. And without that kind of power and authority, just forget making a dent in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You will have to be God in order to take out the false gods. You can't do it as some kind of underling and some kind of ant on earth. You will have to be the God of heaven. Do you understand that? You must grow to the place of being a God of heaven in order to take out the principalities of the heavenly places. 
If you're just under the sun, believing good doctrine, it's not enough. Your spirit has to be built up in those places. You must have experiences. You must live in those realities. It must renew your mind to be on the mountain. Come up the mountain. How high? Higher still. And be there with your senses there and experience God's victories there. Then you get rock solid there. Then you get enthroned there. And your mobile throne go up a little higher. But you're ruling and reigning at elevations above the sun now. Kingship and queenship of righteousness is at hand. That's what tears down and burns up the fallen angels and the sinners in the heavens and the earth and under the earth and seals it in the fiery abyss so far under the earth that it will never touch any aspect of planet earth ever again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's thank you guys for helping us reach our goal to get those walls built. Awesome documentary coming forth from Nairobi. It looks like the U.S. Bank Stadium, 700-seat stadium. They did all the framework for the glass windows before the money came in. So I just want to thank you guys and bless you guys for helping Red Letter Ministries Africa. I think they're going to name it the uh, the RLM Stadium, or he has some kind of name for it, Mazungo, the white person stadium. That's what the Kenyans are calling it. <laughs> it looks so American for their, for their stuff. I guess they're calling it the Mazungo Stadium, which means white person stadium in Swahili. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Who's the white person <laughs> building your stadium? What do you think? Is, what is it? Oh, it's the color of the sun. It's the sun stadium. The stadium of righteousness. But it's a huge deal. It, it's raising the standard of the region. It's kind of like when we came in here to the in North Minneapolis in the ghetto and got the crack house and raising the elevation through excellence and remodeling and stuff. It's the same principle. It's how you raise nations. It's prophetic acts of obedience that lifts the standard and outpours the standard of the heavenlies upon nations. And so thank you for raising the standard of Nairobi. That is no small work. That is, it's transforming Nairobi. And that part of Nairobi is not the same. It's affecting everyone. They're all talking about it. And it's a huge deal. And so all the activities there, it's going to be so fun and fascinating. And all the works here in Minneapolis, too, are transforming Minnesota. We're persecuted like crazy, but we're still doing it. And we, we're doing it with like 100 people, 100 Americans. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when people actually understand what I'm talking about. And we start to have you know, some real support, and it's not just totally fringe craziness. But it's like, man, this is... This is the real deal. This is righteousness. This is true wisdom. This is biblical Christianity that we have not had in the Laodicean church of America. And people, I believe, are really going to wake up. And we see remnants. It's usually the cream of the crop of the charismatic churches that they just start to get persecuted because they go too high in the spirit. They come around RLM. And we see some of those. We see about 10 of those this last couple months. And they're the most refreshing people I've ever had in RLM. It's wonderful. And what's going to happen when the standard's raised and that low standard and those low ceilings are just burnt off the people? 
This is the future of Christianity, people. It is. This righteousness of Elijah, of Enoch, of the luminaries, of where we're going, and the angelic ephod, and the true maturity of Jesus Christ is the only future of Christianity on planet Earth. So, if we can get people to start supporting it, your support is the vote of what the future holds for you. Rebecca and I are on autopilot. We're predestined for ordained. We'll do it even without you. It'd be a lot more fun with you. It'd be a lot easier with you. If two can put 10,000 to flight, imagine if we had 200. If we had people that were in agreement with us, supporting us, helping us, serving us as we serve you every day, that you could serve us by just obeying the seven spirits of God and obeying the angels sent from God the Father that helps us so much the more you can get into radical obedience radical sanctification radical wisdom radical righteousness radical spirituality it helps us every act of obedience that Christians do helps the head of the body tremendously and if we can get people getting every other false head off of them to come into one new man one cosmic body one celestial bride of christ one headship of an of a similar understanding of righteousness and wisdom and we will guys through judgments but the the stubbornness of christianity out there is the most stubborn stubbornness of all history of stubbornness combined it's stubborn you know how stubborn is some of you listening are like yeah that's me stubborn it's stubborn because you have the most knowledge with the least amount of angelic spirituality. So that's just total resistance of everything the seven spirits of God wants to do. Once we burn that stuff out and you get sanctified and cleansed and you start to go from glory to glory in your spirit, increasing in spiritual ability and spiritual wisdom and righteousness, and you see how real it is through these temples that God created for you to live in, and you start walking with us like we walk, then you really begin to understand through experience and then it will constantly transfer into everyone around you now you have a great awakening at hand of the original design of god the father what man and woman was supposed to be like in the garden of eden angel like sons of god with temples and bodies that they're not limited to but they get to enjoy and have fun with god the father with with a with a supernatural naturality of a garden of eden and a total glorifying of the elements, the elements melt with fervent heat, it is written. Amen? I could just preach about this stuff for eternity. And I probably will in training people forever. The order of Melchizedek, the teaching of righteousness, the preaching of righteousness. Amen? So support this ministry. Back us up. Get the rewards with us. Understand the vision. Understand the mountain. Understand the training in righteousness. Understand all the different stages of growth from being born again up into what Jesus Christ walks in right now at the right hand of God which is our promised land ability physically physically and everything in between we're gonna keep growing in it and keep going after it and keep seeing results of better fruit each season in Jesus name we want all of you to be a part of it your finances are a vote for who's leading you Wherever you're spending your money, that's who's leading you. You're spending your money on sin, you're led by sinners. If you're spending your money into righteousness, you're led by men of righteousness, women of righteousness, and you're promoting righteousness. Your money is a voting system for what you want on earth. 
We need wisdom of Elijah and righteousness on Enoch and the times are desperate. That's where we need your votes as revelatory prophetic Christians of 2022. So partner with this ministry and be blessed as you do. In Jesus' name, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.